Good morning, good morning, <clears throat> good morning, uh, well and daughters of the King. Good morning. It's definitely a pleasure to um, come forth this morning and give the word of encouragement. Um, I haven't done it in, in, a, in a while, so it's definitely um, good to be back. And I just first and foremost, you know, I want to thank God, and, and secondly, I want to thank the Apostle Joanne for the opportunity to um, come forth, you know, to ask me to come forth, rather, to give the word of encouragement. And I'm just, you know, sitting here right now, and I started thinking about as the uh, hostess was, like, kind of winding down, you kind of know, like it's it's time it's getting ready time for us for you to come forth and and I was just sitting here and all of a sudden I just got like weak <laughs> and I started laughing at myself and I said, Dad, devil, you be tripping. And um it made me think about though, it made me think about that that's not that's not a that's not a bad thing. Right? It's really not. And it made me start thinking about how when, I think it was in the book of Corinthians, maybe 1 Corinthians, I think, somewhere at the beginning when the Apostle Paul um, uh, was, was, was talking to, to the church of Corinth, he was saying that, you know, whenever he had to, like, come to them or whenever he was, like, physically there with them, he would come, like, in weakness. He would be timid. You know, he, he would be trembling, you know, and things of that nature, and it made me think about that. So, of course, it made me laugh even to the more because for me, this is the ideal state for me to be in um, with giving the word of encouragement because it's not about me. Um, it's, it's all about God. And, and so I just want to say a prayer before I go into the word of encouragement. So I just thank you this morning, Heavenly Father. I thank you so much, God, for waking me up on this morning. I thank you so much for keeping me throughout the night. Thank you, Lord, for my life, my health, and my strength, Lord. And I repent right now, Father, for anything that I may have said, thought, or done, any attitude, Lord God, that I may have put forth any sins of omission or commission, God, things that I may have done that I didn't even realize um, was a transgression against you, God. I ask you to forgive me right now in the name of Jesus and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness according to your word, Father. I thank you so much for the gift of repentance and the gift of forgiveness, Father, because those are both gifts from you, and without them, I don't know where I would be, Lord God, because fellowship with you would be interrupted, relationship with you would be affected, Lord God. So I just thank you so much, Lord. I thank you for what you're going to do this morning, Lord, through me. I thank you, Father, for choosing me, calling me um, on this day, Lord God. I surrender to you. Um, decrease me that that they hear none of me but all of you coming through me, Lord God, Holy Spirit, have your way in me, through me, and around me. And I just thank you so much, Father God, and I love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So um, I'm going to give uh, God a, a 
a couple of scriptures, probably about five or six, but it's okay because the uh, word of God is so good that I just couldn't, like, really narrow it down. Um, so he just was like, just give them all. And so I'm going to do that. But I'm going to give my title first. And my title of the word this morning is God has qualified you. Let me say that again. God has qualified you. So first and foremost, let me just, it's two words that I want to give you a definition to. The first one is qualified. I want to tell you what qualified means. It means to make someone competent. Competent means able to do something, right, or knowledgeable enough to complete a task. So here's the two, here's the two synonyms for qualified. You got to catch this. Authorized and empower. Those are two synonyms for qualified. The next word that I want to give is assignment. And the definition for assignment is a task or piece of work assigned to someone. Let me repeat that. A task or piece of work assigned to someone. So check out these two synonyms for assignment, charge and commission. Charge and commission. Think about, think about those two right there. So now let me go ahead and give you um, the scriptures. And so the first one is going to come from um, 2 Corinthians, Chapter 3, verse number 5, and the translation is from the AMPC. And it says, not that we are fit. This is Apostle Paul talking. Not that we are fit, qualified, and sufficient in ability of ourselves to form personal judgments, or to claim or count anything as coming from us. But our power and ability and sufficiency are from God. The next scripture is going to be from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 28. And this is coming from the message. And it says, isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that culture, meaning society, overlooks and exploits and abuses? He chose the nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebody." Meaning he chose the nobody to show the people who think they somebody that they nobody. That they that they ain't really got it going on like they think they do. The next one is gonna be from the book of Ephesians, chapter two, verse ten, and this is coming from the ESV. And it says, For for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus 
or good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, meaning God already has some stuff, some assignments, some tasks, some missions already with our name on them. The next one is coming from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. And this is the NLT. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? This is God answering him. God answered, I will be with you. Then the next one is the book of Judges. And this is chapter six. Verses 15 and 16. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. This is the Lord speaking to him. The Lord said to him, I'll be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. That came from the NLT as well. And finally, this is the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 6 and 8. No, I'm sorry, 6, 7, and 8, 6 through 8. And this is Jeremiah. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Here's God speaking. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, but you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And again, the title is God Has Qualified You. And I was thinking about how, um, like, when I knew I had to do the word of encouragement, like I already knew, like, about a month ago or so. And so God had been speaking to me, repeatedly, repeatedly about the fact that he's the one that qualifies me to do to do whatever he has called me to do, whatever assignment, whatever task. It is God who has qualified me. So I know that sometimes for me, God will like, I'll think that he wants me to speak about one thing, and then it will be like at the last minute. He'll like say, don't say none of that. Say this. And so I was talking to a woman of God last night, and I said, God been heavy on me, heavy on me about this one uh, uh, concept, and that is that he has qualified me to do what it is he's called me to do. And he has not changed. And it was about 730 when I was talking to her, and God has not changed anything. 
So when I woke up this morning, it was still heavy on me. So he was like, go forth in that. And God started making me think about how, um, you know, like, all of us, I believe, on here um, at least have applied for, you know, a job in our lifetime, you know, a specific position at a company in which we wanted to work at. Um, um, and it's so funny because when you go and you apply for a position, whether it be, you know, you fill out the application, you send in your resume, you sit in the interview, it doesn't matter, right? Which, whichever way you do it, within those three ways, they're always going to ask you what you, got, what you bring into the table. Like they're going to always want to know. What is it that you have? What is it that you can bring to our table that, you know, you can say to us that make us believe that you qualified, that you qualified to do this position? What is it that you could tell us about yourself that can make you say, that can make us believe that you belong in this company, that you are good fit? So this is some of the things that they look for you to say. Even not just jobs, just society in general. I'm just talking about it in a job aspect. They they want you to have certain jobs want you to have like a college degree. Some want you to have like a certain type of licensure. Like say for instance, if you are a nurse. You know, they want you to have gotten your degree and the license, right, to be like an RN, right? Some of them want you to be, you know, certified in a particular field or a particular uh, 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 way of doing things. Um, some of them want you to be excellent communicators. You got to be excellent and effective in the way you communicate on their behalf. And then some, some want you to, to, to have this mental and physical and, and these social abilities, right, in order for you to be qualified to work in their job to work in that company, to do that position. They want you to have all that. They want you to bring all that to the table. And guess what? And guess what? A lot of times, if you don't have all that they think you should have, that tells them that you're not qualified. You're not qualified. And nine times out of ten, no, ten times out of ten, you're not getting that job. That's just the reality of it, right? But my God, my God, my God, my God, isn't it a relief? I don't know what it brings to nobody, but it brings me a relief that God qualified me. God gives me everything. Check this out. When he called me on assignment, when he called me to a task, when he commissioned me to something, Guess what? He gave me every single thing that I need. I don't have to bring nothing to the table but the willingness. That's it. I don't have to bring nothing to the table but the, yes, Father, I, I'll do that. That's it. You know, He's not even expecting me. He's not expecting me to bring nothing. And guess what? Other than the yes, guess why he's not expecting me? Because he know I don't have it. He know I don't have it. He know that in and of myself, I am insufficient. 
in and of myself. I am insufficient to do any task, any assignment, any mission that God sent me on. I can't do it, period, point blank. And it took me, it took me well in Daughters of the Kids. I'm still learning that. I'm, let me not say it took me like, I got it. I'm all, I got it now. No, no, no. I'm still learning that in and of yourself, Deborah, you have nothing to bring to the table. You know how I said the company wants you to bring some things to the table? God is just the opposite. He knows you ain't got nothing to bring to the table, and guess what? He's all right with it. He all right with just the, I'll do it. He all right with the, I, 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 I surrender. He all right with that. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. That's all he needs to do to use us is to get a yes from us. Because guess what he understands? He understands that we are broken vessels. Oh, Jesus. He get it. He knows that we, our frame is but dust. He understand it. We be the ones that be, be, be misunderstood. We be the ones that be confused, thinking that we got to have something. We got to be something in order for God to use us. See, when we, when we in that, we got to be something, we got to do something, then guess what we really in? Pride. God, God already know who we are. He already know our limitations. He already know our insecurities. He already know our deficiencies. He's real clear about that. He created us. And you can say to yourself, well, well, well why do you want it? Because this is what I said. Why do you want to use a broken vessel, God? Like, what's up? He said, so I can get the glory. See, you broken. So I got I to gotta pour me into you. I got to pour me into you for you to get my task, my assignment, my mission done. That, that got your name on it, Deborah. So that I can get, so I can get the glory. He don't want us thinking that it's about us. He don't want us moving in pride. He don't want us thinking we did it. Oh, I did that. Oh, I got that. Oh, I did that. That used to be me. That used to be me. Like, I could be honest. That used to be me. Thank God that I know better today. I know better today. That it's all God doing it through me, in me, through me, and around me. And I know today that all glory, all glory belongs to God and to God alone. And I'm clear about that thing right there. Because in and of myself, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing to bring to the table. But with God and in God, I'm everything. He gave me everything that I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he do. Yeah, he do. Yeah, he do. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for that. It is God who qualifies me. Not man and not myself. And just because we limited well and daughters of the king, just because we're insecure, just because we're deficient, guess what? God ain't limited. God ain't deficient. God ain't insecure. He ain't none of that. 
And that's why we must rely and depend and by faith believe that when he calls us to an assignment, that guess what? We ain't got to worry about whether we could do it or not. Because it is, remember what I said, qualified the two, the two synonyms, authorized and empowered. That means that God has given us the authority, his authority, not our own, his authority. So guess what he's going to give us now? He's going to empower the Holy Spirit already here, empowering us to do what God has called us to do, whatever that might be for you. Whatever that might be for you. I know exactly what it is for me. One of the main things that God has um, been talking to me and, 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 and saying to me is that, you know, you're the one that is going to be the, 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 the intercessor, the standing in the gap, the, the, the being in the middle, the warrior for your family. That's what, that's what God been on me about. I don't know what he's been on nobody else about. He's been on me constantly. You the one. You're you're the one, Deborah. And and I'm telling you you the one. You're not you're not proclaiming this on your own. No no other human being is telling you this. I'm telling you this. Now what are you gonna do? This is what he's been on me about, and I've been saying, God, this is a lot. Like this, like this ain't no small task. This ain't no small feat. And that's where he sent me to to the story. He sent me. He sent me to the Old Testament. Then, okay. So I need to take you to some people now. And oh, you 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 don't you don't know. Okay, let me take you to some people now. And I want you to read it and read it and read it and read it until you find you in there. And I'm like, uh, okay, God, <laughs> okay, I surrender. Okay, I've been reading Moses, uh, 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 Gideon, and Jeremiah over and over and over and over until I was able to see me there. And when I think about when I think about Moses and, and how that connects to me. In my life and what God is calling me to do on behalf of my family, guess what I see? Moses went through a lot. <laughs> I'm going to say the word. <laughs> I'm not going to say the word. Moses went through a lot. Go back, and it don't even start in, in Exodus 3 from the scripture I gave you. Go back. And read from when Moses first was born, the turmoil that he was born into, the conditions he was born into, and all of the things that he had to do and go through from a baby, from a baby, from a kid. And it made me start thinking about how, when I think about looking back over my childhood, and I think about all the things, the condition I came into. My mom was pregnant with me, uh, uh, two months pregnant, when she had just lost her, her daughter, her only daughter. 
Like, my sister died. That was her baby. I've shared this before. That was her baby. And she was, she was, she was two months pregnant with me. And, and all through that pregnancy, she could give me nothing. She had nothing to give me, even in the womb, nothing. She had nothing to give me. She couldn't, she couldn't talk to me. She just shared all this. She couldn't. She said I was a mess, Deborah. I was a mess. So I can identify with Moses. I can identify coming in to a set of conditions that you ain't asked for, that you ain't asked for. If you would have had it any other way, it would have been a good set condition that I would have wanted to come in, right? But I didn't know. I didn't know that later on down the line that God was going to use all of this. I had no idea. Read Moses' story. Moses went, went through being brought into these, these unfavorable conditions, right? Being raised in a household that was not his household, that was not with his people. Then he, he, he tried to be there for his people, and they turned on him. They turned on him. Then he had to run and flee from Pharaoh because his life was in danger. Then he went and he connected with a whole other group of people who wasn't at that point yet his family. When God met Moses, yes, we met him at. Tending the flock. Tending the flock. Tending the sheep. That's where he met him at. At the burning bush, Moses had went into the wilderness with the flock. And that's where God met him. So when I think about Moses' life and I connect it to my own, I can see the comparison. I can say to myself, okay, okay, God, I hear you. If you was able to use Moses, why can't you use me? Like, I get it. I get what, I get what you're saying, God. I see it. I see it. And if you read Moses' story, Moses came up with all kind of excuses. He didn't believe that he could possibly be the one. He didn't believe it. He, he, he told God four times, four times, you got it confused. You, 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 you picked the wrong guy. There's no way it could be me. No way it could be me. That's what I be saying. No way it could be me. Because when I'm looking at the assignment, if I'm looking at the assignment through my own eyes, it looks impossible. It looks overwhelming. It looks like something I can't possibly do. That's why God told me you got to flip this thing. And you can't look at it through your own eyes, Deborah. You got to look at it through me. You got to make this about me. See, when you start looking at it through you, then you're making it about you. And you limited. You already know that you're deficient and you're insecure. Look at that thing through me. And you can do it just like Moses did. That's what God told me. I want to share this little bit before I go on to Gideon. Because guess what? I think about a lot of times, and I don't know if I ever shared this, I might have, but I be thinking about how, 
Like, you know, how we, 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 we know that pride is something that God hates. It's not that he can't stand it. He hated it. He hated it with a passion. That's what God, that's what God Satan, Lucifer kicked out of heaven. His pride, God found pride in him. Right? So a lot of times when we think about pride, we think about the exaggeration of oneself. I mean, by we think, oh, I'm somehow better than the next person. I'm, so, I'm somehow better than them. I'm more talented than them. I'm more gifted than them. I can speak better than them. Right? That's an exaggerated uh, 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 sense of oneself. Right? But what we never think about, at least I don't think because I never really hear this, whenever we think of ourselves in a low state, like I hear people, oh, I got low self-worth, low self-esteem, right? For us as, 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 as well and daughters of the king, when we think like that, when we possess those things out of our mouth, guess what that's also to look like to God? Pride. Pride. One, 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 one way is exaggerated look at oneself, sense of oneself, and then the other, the other part of pride is when you look at yourself lower than who God say you are. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Who God say you are. God looks upon that as pride as well. That means you saying God made a mistake. God couldn't have chose you. Why you? That's what that means. Yes, mm-hmm. I throw that little bit hit me in my head. I want to share that. But I want to go to, to, to Judges now, and I want to talk about Gideon and, 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 how, and how Gideon, like, like how God, God, God met Moses in, in the wilderness. He meets he meet us in these places, right there. It's going to really like these body, but up to them. And he met Gideon hiding. Hiding hiding in the in the in the in the area where he was doing where the wine presses was at. Right? Because Gideon at that time and the children of Israel was being oppressed, right, by their enemies. So 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 he was hiding down there trying to hide some grain and stuff so that so that his enemies wouldn't come in and steal it. So they wouldn't come in and rob him. So they wouldn't come in and hijack his stuff, right? So, so when 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 the when when the when the angel of the Lord came to Gideon, go back. Like I didn't give you that scripture, but go back and read it. Guess what he called them from the door? Check out what he said. He said, "Mighty hero." Some translations say, "Mighty man of valor." God is with you. That's, that's how he addressed them from the beginning. He didn't say, oh, you this, you the least of your family, you the, your clan is the least of uh, 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 the children. He didn't say none of that. He identified them first. He identified us. He said, mighty hero, mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. See, each one of these characters that God took me to, they had something serious in common. Guess what it was? They were always missed 
that God was with them. How many times do we miss that? We, we say it. But how many times do we miss it? That if God called us to something, he's with us. He missed that. Guess what he started talking to the angel of the Lord about? He started talking to him about their conditions. <laughs> we ain't, okay, if the Lord is with us, why are we here? <laughs> why are we being oppressed? Why are, we, why are we all jacked up? Why are I down here hiding grain? Why are the enemy robbing us? Why are they stealing? Why are they hijacking ourselves? If God is with us. And I'm sure we probably say stuff like that, too. Like, all this I'm going through, God, really, you with me all the time dealing with right now? God woke me up in my right frame of mind, y'all. I could be a lot of places. I think about that every day. And he focused on his condition, what was going on around him that didn't look like God was with them. It never dawned on him. For a moment, until God said, the angel of the Lord said, God want to use you. God want to use you to set Israel free. He want to use you, Gideon, mighty man of valor. He already, he already gave it to him. Mighty man of valor. God put that title on him. Mighty man of valor. God want to use you. And then he moved from the set of conditions that was that was in that God couldn't be with them to he ain't good enough. I ain't good enough. Ain't no way in the world he could use me. I ain't good enough. Don't you know that my family is the least of the clans? I'm the least. My clan is the least. In my family, I'm the least. And when I think about how Gideon, when I read Gideon's story, and when I think about my own story with my family, guess what, ladies? I'm the least. I'm the one that had all the issues. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the least. I'm the, let me say it like this. I'm the least likely that anybody, including my family and those that know me and my family, would say, God going to use her. Ain't no way in the world. Don't he know what she done did, the decisions she done made? Yeah, he do. He's real clear about that. He ain't confused, and he still want to use me. Still. Yeah, that's what I see with my story connected to Gideon. Is I'm the least, but it don't matter. It don't matter to God. It might matter to people, ladies. It might even matter to you. But to God, it don't matter that you're the least. He wants the least. He wants the least. The ones who think they high and mighty and know everything and got it going on, it's challenging. So when I think about Jeremiah, and I'm going to close on this one right here. When I think about Jeremiah, I think about how 
when God had already told Jeremiah. Like he had already, and in various ways, God had already alerted them that they were going to be chosen. They just hadn't realized it yet, if I, if I may say it like that. Um, all that Moses had went through, how he showed the angel of the Lord showed up and called Gideon out, and now when he gets to Jeremiah, God is already speaking to Jeremiah. He's already telling Jeremiah that I set you apart in your mother's womb. Like, I set you apart there. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like with, with Moses and Gideon, they was already, you know, they was already out. He told Jeremiah in the womb. Before you even slid through that birthing canal. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I get that. Before you slipped and slid through that birthing canal of your mama, Deborah, I had already set you apart in the womb. I already knew what I was going to do with you. I already knew how I was going to use you. I already knew it in your mama's womb. Why do you think, why do you think that the enemy was trying to take you out in your mother's womb? God Almighty. Jesus. In your mama womb. Yeah. Right there. Right there. And even after God spoke that personally to Jeremiah, personally. He still said, I can't speak. <laughs> I can't speak. I'm too young. I can't do it. There's no way I can't do it, God. You got the wrong man for the job. How about this? God don't make no mistake. He don't make one mistake, one error do the Father make. If the Father calling you out to do something, you're the one. You're the one. You're the one. It don't matter what you don't got. It don't matter the fact that you don't have nothing to bring to the table. You ain't got nothing but a willingness, a heart for God, and you're going to surrender to him as a vessel to be used. That is it. That is it. I'm so grateful that God don't qualify us like men do. He do the total opposite. 
So I just want to say thank you, ladies. Thank you, Apostle Joanne, for being obedient to God. And when he told you to ask me to bring forth the word of encouragement on this day, I thank you that you were obedient, that you listened to him, um, and that you, you, you said you up. I appreciate that. And I thank you, ladies, for listening. I pray that you heard the heart of the Father and that you heard nothing from Deborah, not one single solitary thing, but that you gleaned from your Father on this morning. Thank you.